Good Morning Liberty. Yeah. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is King Charles the First. How's it going today, Charles Chuck Thompson? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it felt good to be anointed. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, I, I like. I'm already the most hated man in America, mm-hmm. so I might mm-hmm. as well be king. Yeah, you know? I really didn't want to talk about any of that that monarchy stuff today. I just wanted to call you King Charles. I was going to do it yesterday, and uh, you did the intro instead. And so today you are King Charles. And if if the boot fits, then, then it's made for walking. And I want to know whose yeah. bed it's been under. Yes. Well, today <laughs> is dumb bleep of the week. That's the day of the week where we get to go through some of the dumbest stuff we saw this week, and the people watching live get to vote on it they get to vote because they went to join gml.com paying us a little six bucks a month so they can hang out with us on our private discord server so make sure you go to join gml.com and join up hang out with us so we are going to go through roughly 10 items still 10 dumbs 10 yes hmm. it is 10 numbers yeah that we will be voting on every week nate talks about cutting this down oh i cut I it down see yeah that we're still at 10. We've got another full episode worth of stuff that's not in the show today that we'll have to try and filter in next week. All right. So All right. let's go ahead and get going because we do have that interview later on and I might need to pee between then. I don't I, know. I do want to tell people first, though, about natescrashcourse.com. Okay. I think we should do this at the beginning of the episode now. So those that are listening and like to skip through ads, this is just a little mini one uh, that's just natescrashcourse.com if you want to figure out what's going on in the market. Mm-hmm. The, do you like money? Do you want to know what money does in the market, the market stuff? Do you want to know what's happening since the COVID crash and the newest crash? Well, Nate has a course for that. It's called Nate's Crash Course. Go to natescrashcourse.com, use promo code CRASHCOURSE40 for 40% off, and that's only available for one more week. And then it's then gone. Then you lose the promo code. Yep. So. Okay, dumb bleep number one. Here we go. Now we'll start off with something real nice and light that we can just make fun of really quick. Okay. Okay. So we, we like to start it off light when we can. This comes from the NYPD 72nd Precinct. You really need to see the photo to understand the dumbness of this. But uh, I do want to let you know that your midnight shift team officers, these officers names and this uh, lieutenant here, along with the midnight shift officers, removed a loaded gun and multiple air rifles from the streets of Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Great teamwork by everyone involved. Okay, so in the picture, there is, in fact, what looks to be a an actual gun. It's like a 380. Like a real gun. Yeah, it looks like an older, some kind of pretty worn-out 380 right there. And then there's a bunch of, um, well, they're not Nerf guns. Um, they're... They're technically air rifles, I guess. They shoot these things called water beads. Uh, soft water beads is mm. what they're called. And yeah. they literally put them in a picture with the other gun that they seized for serious. This is actually their Twitter page uh, right here. And I've looked into these things. They're pretty dangerous. And we're going to have to consider some type of legislation on them. And they're, and they're really easy to find. I was looking around. And did you know, Charlie, that you can actually get these um, assault uh, weapons on Walmart's website right here for $68. The splatter ball full and semi-auto electric rechargeable soft water bead gel ball blaster kit. It oh. even comes with ammo and everything mm. with it. And for only 68 bucks. And they've obviously, uh, they've done the proper colors on here to market directly to our nation's youth. Yeah. Well, I see the problem. It's semi-auto. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just need yeah. to be single shot. Well, they have full and gel ball blaster. You can even get full auto, auto soft water mm. gel ball things. Yeah. So anyway, um, luckily this was removed from the street, and we think the uh, fine police work that went into taking those uh, terrible, terrible weapons yeah. off of our nation's uh, streets. Imagine being asked to take a picture with that, mm-hmm. and then the lieutenant smiling in the picture. And uh, they're just so proud. I'm just proud. Pride. When I see that picture filled with pride. Mm-hmm. So, nice uh, job. They, they are happy. Now, I will say, okay, in their defense, in this photo where they're smiling, they did only have the actual gun. 
in that photo. And then someone knew that they wouldn't want to take a picture with those uh, water guns with them. So they took another separate photo of the water guns and posted it out with them. And I'm sure, and they named all of the officers by name. So they're probably embarrassed as hell about this. Oh God. So anyway, luckily you can rest uh, safe there in New York, wherever these guns were taken off the streets for dumb bleep in Brooklyn. Number one, speaking of gun rights, because obviously kids have too many being able to get these things. Uh, speaking of kids talking about gun rights, old David hog Davies out here today. Look at that. He says the second amendment is a collective, not an individual right. Hamilton knew this. See federalist paper 29 as did the courts for several hundred years. The modern version of the second amendment only exists because of decades of work by the gun lobby to change what the second amendment meant. Oh, David, it's a collective right. Which I guess means it's not a right because it's a collective right, and then no one has the right. So yeah. that's yeah, great. Yeah, what it, what it actually? I mean, he's trying to say that only if you are part of a militia, mm-hmm. then you have the right. Federalist Twenty Nine did talk. It was Hamilton talking about militias. Now I read Federalist Twenty Nine today to try and figure out where he talked about it being a collective right. Um, I did not find that in Twenty Nine. Um, at all. He is also talking about Hamilton, which is like the first big government guy uh, that we have. But then he also says that we only have the Second Amendment, the version that we know of now, because of the gun lobby, and they changed what the Second Amendment meant. If you think about what the Second Amendment meant, maybe you go back to the people that wrote the Second Amendment, potentially. So uh, I did bring in some quotes. Mm. Now, we won't be pulling from Federalist 29. There are uh, several others. I did go through uh, some of the other ones, but here's here's some quotes, Charlie. If you want to read some of them, there's yeah. This is from uh, this is from Alexander Hamilton. Weird okay. in Federalist 28, before it, he changed his ways in Federalist 29. <laughs> if circumstances should at any time oblige the government to form an army of any magnitude, that army can never be formidable to the liberties of the people, while there is a large body of citizens, little if at all inferior to them in discipline and the use of arms, who stand ready to defend their own rights and those of their fellow citizens. This appears to me the only substitute that can be devised for a standing army and the best possible security against it, if it should exist. I found that quote to be interesting because a lot of times, uh, well, you have like Biden saying, well, you don't have F-15s, you know, nuclear weapons. And they'll talk about how only the military should be the ones that have guns. And then Hamilton, the person that David Hogg was uh, quoting, is saying that if we are ever going to have a standing army, and that the people shouldn't be inferior to the standing army. Literally, that's there's Alexander Hamilton saying yes. that. I David Hogg didn't quote that one, though. There's a they couple. Should, they should also, he says there, they should stand ready mm-hmm. to defend their own rights and those of their fellow citizens. So how do you go about doing that? I don't know. Peaceful protests? Yes. It's absolutely. So when the army's shooting at you, <laughs> you just got to talk loudly to them and yep. that's how you defend your rights. Here's a couple more. All right, from Adams, Samuel Adams, he said the constitution shall never be construed to prevent the people of the United States who are uh, peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms. That's not your flesh and blood arms, folks. <laughs> He's talking about guns. Yeah. What, uh, this from uh, Thomas Jefferson, I mean, the, all these people own slaves. He doesn't so, know anything about the Constitution. Yeah. All these people own slaves, so what can we say about them, you know? But he says, what country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are not warned from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. That was in a letter to James Madison. Hmm. Uh, another one from Thomas Jefferson here. In a letter to John Cartwright, he says, The Constitution of most of our states and of the United States assert that all power is inherent in the people, that they may exercise it by themselves, that it is their right and duty to be at all times armed. Weird. You Hmm. see, the problem is Thomas Jefferson didn't read David Hogg's tweet about Federalist 29. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one more here. George Mason, I ask who are the militia? So who are the militia in the Second Amendment here? They consist now of the whole people except a few public officers. 
I like how he basically said, it's everyone except for the government. Exactly. <laughs> Who's the militia? Everyone but the government. All right. So there's Dumb Bleep number two from David Hogg. Number three, this is something I picked up from the Libertarian Party of Tennessee. Go follow them on Twitter. Now, they posted screenshots of these messages they received. They made the mistake of pointing out something about Donald Trump on their page. It was like kind of potentially, it wasn't even really against Trump. It was just now out and out thing. Like the FBI is clearly against Trump and they just made the case. We don't have to argue on the grounds of this. They made the case. Well, also the FBI director is a guy that Donald Trump actually put in to office there, you know? So what are you saying? They're against them. Anyway, the response they received was amazing and a, a really good class on how to not win people over to your side and how to show people that you're in a cult. Whoever runs his page isn't this page, I think is what they meant. This is the LPTN. Whoever runs this page is an absolute idiot. Your comment about Trump appointing the FBI director who raided his house, are you that stupid? Do you not understand the level of corruption? Thank God for Donald Trump. If not been for him, we would have never known just how deep and corrupt on every level our government truly is. Pedo uh, actually, we knew that before Trump. Yeah, I think we already knew the that. Go, go, go research the Libertarian yeah. Party. The, the party's known that long time before Trump. But we go on. Pedophiles everywhere. CIA undercover, undercover BS everywhere. Corrupt people on high levels of government. Money laundering out the ass. Trump exposed all of it. Mm. I find it fascinating that idiots like you with blue check marks give a hall pass to a pedophile like Hunter Biden and his laptop, Hillary Clinton deleting 33,000 emails, the God knows what was containing, and the history of Joe Biden lying like he does. You are absolute what is wrong with America right now. Clowns, clown emoji, you 100% absolutely no questions asked do not represent most of the state of Tennessee. You are a joke. And then they blocked LPTN mm. afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's okay to say something that doesn't just go along with whatever the Trump line is. You can't just be in a cult. It's not okay. You can't help people that aren't willing to help themselves. <laughs> not only that, I in mean, this... of course, they had no idea what they were talking about. Probably never met a libertarian before. But yeah, I'm sure the libertarians have never called out Hunter Biden and his laptop. Or the double standard with Hillary, Hillary Clinton, and never calls out Joe Biden for lying, simply on the basis, you could deduce that, simply on the basis that they said something that countered something that a Trump supporter was saying. That means you would never call out anyone on the left mm. at all. Anyway, I thought I told them that I would put that in the, uh, in the dumb bleep this week. Well, this is a, a pure Trumpist. It's a very, very yeah. strong Trumpist. Trump cannot do anything wrong. Trump bot. Yeah, and he's the one who exposed all this. Here we go. Number four, there's an article with this, Charlie. Number four from GQ. Yeah, uh, it's not actually from GQ, but AOC did a full spread for GQ. And, oh. um, <laughs> I'm a full spread. <laughs> um, wow. she, she was on the cover of GQ and had a nice uh, interview in there. Okay. Uh, so AOC, this is what this article is from the New yep. York Post. Yeah. Okay. So AOC predicts she won't be president because Americans hate women. Mm -hmm. Of course. So the, the title here says, A Conversation About Masculinity, Power, and Politics in a Post-Row America. Yeah. Oh, we, we are in a post-row, folks. So Rep. AOC says it's unlikely she could ever be elected president of the United States because so many people in America hate women and would never let that happen. Yeah, that's what, yeah, always the victim. Uh, AOC said that while she tries to hold on to the belief that anything is possible, her experience in Congress has, quote, given me a front row seat to how deeply and unconsciously, as well as consciously, so many people in this country hate women. They hate them. Yep. They're trying, to, they're trying to fuck them all the time, yeah. which is weird, but they hate them. Even the, women, <laughs> even the women hate the women, depending on what their political ideology God. is. You know? Oh. Uh, uh, quote, and they hate women of color, added a 32-year-old mm. who was described in the article as, quote, the political voice of a generation and, quote, bona fide culture, culture celebrity, end quote. I thought she was a public servant. 
Uh, well, it's it's tough. I do, you know, isn't it crazy how much of a victim you can be, even at AOC's level? She's still a victim. Yeah. Regardless. Mm-hmm. Jeff it's said, amazing. Jeff says, identify as a man, dumbass. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. Quote, people ask me questions about the future, and realistically, I can't even tell you if I'm going to be alive in September. <laughs> because there's probably another insurrection. Mm-hmm. And that weighs very heavily on me. And it's not just the right wing. Misogyny transcends political ideology, left, right, center. The Democratic Socialist continued. Quote, it's very difficult for me to talk about because it provokes a lot of inner conflict in that I never want to tell a little girl what she can't do. And I don't want to tell young people what is not possible. I've never been in the business of doing that. End quote. Guess, I saw when you saw what was in the next paragraph. Guess what's next? Yeah. <laughs> guess what's next, folks? You're never going to guess. Can the live group guess what's next? Can you guess what's next? Let's see if they can Let's... guess while we're talking about the fact that uh, she would never tell little girls that they can't do something. And I just wonder if that's true, first off, because this entire ideology is based around victimhood and the fact that you can't get ahead based on whatever your, well, you got to go up to victim hierarchy. And I guess she goes up, even even with her position as a representative in Congress and the money she makes. And, you know, I would like to have a Tesla also. That would be cool. Uh, even with all of that stuff, um, she's still a victim. It's pretty amazing. And so, yeah, what do you think little girls are going to think? They're not going to be able to climb the bartender ladder like you did. It's impossible. <laughs> she's a, I mean, and also she's a woman of color. Mm. So that's. That's pretty bad. That's a bad place to be. Yeah. So bad that you can be elected a representative in the United States Congress. It's really bad. So it's horrible. Now, what happens when we do have a female president? Does she, does she take back these words? Well, look, I guess America doesn't hate women anymore. Like We kind of had that discussion about Kamala Harris after after yeah. she, she won. But. All right. So what you guys have all been waiting for, no one's guessed it. You guys uh, have not been paying attention, I can tell. So here you go. Weeks after... The Jan 6 Capitol riots. You guys knew that was going to be part of this article. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The congresswoman took to Instagram to disclose that she was a survivor of sexual assault, and she explained the trauma she relived during the insurrection. Quote, I could not talk about the day without disclosing it because it was such a central part of my experience, AOC said in the interview, referring to her account of having to hide in a congressional office as rioters stormed in to a different building now i'm not discounting anybody that's her sexual assault or anything like that or the trauma that that invoked that's probably real Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that's not real but at the same time you have to take the situation in as a whole and i don't think anybody was coming in there to rape you or to kill you it doesn't look like no it looks like they came in with flagpoles and fire extinguishers and they weren't hunting into a different building into a different building than you were in Mm -hmm. by the way yeah so i'm not saying that it didn't invoke trauma or a bad experience that's completely possible but then when you process that and you analyze like oh they i don't think they were actually coming for me it doesn't matter what matters is you need to validate her feelings because they are real yeah all right AOC, I hope she's right. Let's go on to number five. (laughs) Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I went through a pretty big shift a few years ago. My music career was winding down at a time that I didn't want it to. I had a lot of social anxiety. I just didn't really know where I was going or what I was doing or what I even wanted to do. And I started drinking a lot. I'll just be honest with you. I wasn't actually dealing with any of the problems in my life. Something come along, I just focus even more on whatever those problems were. And I just make them go away real easy. And the issue was when I never actually took the time to solve the problem, to figure out what was really going on, guess what? They never went away. They were always there the next day. And it just got worse and worse. I finally went and talked to someone. You know, I went to therapy and they taught me some ways that I could actually solve those problems without drinking. Now, these days, I'm over four years sober. And whenever something comes along that makes me anxious or makes me upset, I don't just try to escape from it and I don't really dwell on it. I try to drill down and figure out what is it that I can do to actually solve this. 
So if any of these things are resonating with you, and you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp, it really is a great option. Convenient, accessible, affordable, all online. You can do video calls. You do voice chat. You can just do text chat if you want to. You get matched with a therapist after filling out a quick survey, and you can switch therapists anytime you want. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Number five, a couple crazy lefties here. Uh, let's just add in a twofer for the crazy lefties. Kathy Griffin, uh, who claimed to be funny at one time in her life. She said, if you don't want a civil war, vote for Democrats in November. If you do want a civil war, vote Republican. What does that mean? Kind of seems... Oh, so if Democrats win, there won't be a civil war. If Republicans win, there will be a civil war. Huh. Hmm. What does that say? And then Rob Reiner, like I said, it's a twofer. Hold the House... Add two Senate seats. Roe will become law. Voting rights will be protected. Democracy will be saved. Vote for the preservation of self-rule. Because that's what the left believes in. Mm -hmm. Self. Yes. They believe in freedom. Very much self-rule. Now, what's interesting is you need to vote for all of these people and put them in office to get the things that we want. And then democracy will be saved. But if more people vote for the other party and they win, then that's not democracy and it's not self-rule either. I just thought that that was interesting, too. It's very strange. That was way too much thinking for that whole mm. conversation. So yeah. there's a couple uh, crazy lefties for Don't Believe Number 5. I'm going to go back to AOC real quick. Okay. Only because we have a, an amazing comment from the live group All right. from Sam. Sam says... The Amazon River runs for thousands of miles. At some point, it runs through areas of the forest that are almost untouched and have barely been explored. Because of the porous limestone in these areas, the river water leaks through the stone and travels deep into the earth and forms underground pools almost a mile below the surface. Over thousands of years, small, blind, transparent fish have lived and evolved in these pools. These fish have e never seen the sun or surface and have never been seen by the human eye. These fish care more about what AOC's opinion is than I do. <laughs> that was good. I didn't go and read it because I could tell the ending was going to be good. This is fantastic. All right, Charles, tell me about so. J-Law. J-Law, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, this is Dumbly number six, had reoccurring nightmares about Tucker Carlson in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning <laughs> Roe v. Wade. There's an article from Washington Examiner, Examiner on this. Oh, God, she used to be hot. <laughs> then now, I can't see anything else mm -hmm. but dumb. Actress Jennifer, see, this is why personality is better than looks, folks, okay? Yep. So, like, somebody could appear attractive, and then when they open their mouth, you're well, like, you remember the hot, crazy matrix. Dear God. Yeah. Uh, actress uh, J-Law is warning against an apolitical existence, saying it's too dire. She also shared that she suffers from reoccurring nightmares about Fox News host Tucker Carlson. What she means to say is probably fantasies. What is, <laughs> yeah. what is he doing? I, yeah, what is he doing? I don't know. Like, I, yeah, Lawrence even says she detailed the nightmares with her therapist. She then addressed being apolitical in today's society, which she says is no longer an option. I've tried to get over it, and I really can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm just unleashing but I f with people who aren't political anymore. But I can't f with people who aren't political anymore. You live in the United States of America. You have to be political. It's too dire. Politics are killing people. Wait. Okay. But you can't be apolitical. Yeah, you can't now. So Sil everyone, silence okay. is violence. All right. Yeah. You got to pick a side. I got gotcha. you. Lawrence, right. she further explained that the results of the 2016 presidential election damaged her relationship with her family in Kentucky. Mm. Yeah. I just quote, I just worked so hard in the last five years to forgive my dad and my family and try to understand. It's different. The information they are getting is different. Their life is different. It breaks my heart because America had the choice between a woman and a... <laughs> Here's your choice, America. A woman or... 
a dangerous, dangerous jar of mayonnaise. And they were like, well, we can't have a woman. Let's go with the jar of mayonnaise. I don't want to disparage my family, but I know that a lot of people are in a similar position with their families. How could you raise a daughter from birth and believe that she doesn't deserve equality? How? <laughs> God. Can someone explain the mayonnaise part to me? He looks like orange mayonnaise, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Like if I had, if that were literally the choice for president between a woman and a jar of mayonnaise, yeah. I would pick a jar of mayonnaise. I'm sorry. It's not, and it's not because I hate women. We know what this is, guys. This is the mm-hmm. dogmatic political uh, religion. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're not with me, you're against me. And you view, well, and this is what Jordan Peterson would call like, this is compassion, right? So you view what you, you view, um, people who let's say need help or what the left purports to support. Okay. What they, what they, the veil from which they espouse their ideas is for the working class. Right. And if you're against that, well then compassion says that I have to get rid of you because mm-hmm. you're killing people. Never mind that we know the truth. Their policies are actually killing people economically speaking. And it, you know, there's a lot of bad things on the right too, so to speak. But what they've done, they I think the the goal, and I'm not sure if like conspiracy wise, it's a group of people who want to divide America. But let's just not even talk about that. That the the inevitable consequence of governments eventually is picking sides like this, dividing the people, and then it becomes. Uh, a religious experience. If you're not with me, you're against me and you're a cancer who is killing people. And I'm justified in taking out Mm -hmm. the bourgeoisie, the unjustify the means. And because I'm saving people eventually. And so your life is not important because you're part of the cancer that we're trying to get rid of. And that happens, that division happens when the government gets very powerful and starts to control everything. It does become life and death who's in control of the government when they control everything. It's very important. And that's why it's very important to make sure that the government doesn't have that much power and control over everything that could stop so much division in the country because it wouldn't really matter all that much. As long as the government has the amount of power it has right now over everyone's lives, we're going to stay just like this and they only get more powerful. And so it's only going to get worse. All right. That's, that's number six. J law. Uh, let's go for a couple flip flopping lefties real quick. We'll do a twofer for the flip floppers. Okay. We know about this one. We didn't talk about it this week, so we could talk about it today. Eric Swalwell. So previously, uh, just as recently as July, Texas was having some random rolling blackouts and, Eric Swalwell made fun of them, saying, Texas, where Republicans provide plenty of energy to control your body, but no energy to control your thermostat. (laughs) And I do remember when Texas was having the blackouts, all of the people on the left were very excited to go and talk terribly about Texas because they have Republicans in charge. And that's, of course, the only reason that they could potentially be having blackouts. Yeah. So then there's the uh, other side from Eric Swalwell this week. It's time to rally, California. We all need to do our part to help avoid power outages this week. Before 4 p.m., pre-cool your home. After 4, avoid use of major appliances and turn your thermostat to 78 or higher. Let's keep the lights on, California. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So California, where they have the energy to trans your kids, but they don't have the energy to charge your cars. That should be my tweet right there. And everybody's in it together. And they're all in it together. At least they're working together on this. All right, let me bring up this, another flip-flopping lefty real fast. Did that start playing? I don't want that to play. Okay, this is D.C. City Council member talking about the border crisis in Washington, D.C. So let's see what she has to say So number seven is the flip-floppers? Number seven goes to the flip-floppers. Okay. Yeah. So it's been said. All right. It is important, though that we have volume when we play videos. Charlie, did you know that? Yeah, you okay. gotta unmute it. All right. So it's been said, but it's worth reiterating that the governors of Texas and Arizona 
have created this crisis. And the federal government has not stepped up to assist the District of Columbia. So we, um, along with our regional partners, will do what we've always done. We'll rise to the occasion. We've learned from border towns like El Paso and Brownsville. Um, And in many ways, the governors of Texas and Arizona have turned us into a border town. We don't know how long this will take to resolve. We don't know how long they will continue busing. And so the right thing to do here is to be prepared to ensure we can greet every bus. We can get people off on the right foot. We can get them where they want to go. All right. So she's not overly uh, pumped about that whole thing going on right now. That's weird because, you know, a few years ago from Brianne or Brianna, I don't know. Brianne? Is that what you would say? Brianne, Brianne. <laughs> exactly. Brianne. Well, she felt. There's two ends. She felt the need to say that the district is a sanctuary city, which means our law enforcement does not cooperate with ICE. As a council member, I have called for an abolition of ICE and wrote to D.C.'s law to establish a permanent immigrant legal services fund. Read the full remarks right here. That was just three years ago, Now she's not, she's not saying ICE needs to come in there, round people up, but she's not all that pumped about being a border town either. And that's one of the things I do like. While libertarians have different views about the border than a lot of other people do, it is still important when you've got a lot of people who have been so removed from the border for so long who get to say things, virtue signal out to people because they don't ever actually have to deal with it. They can say whatever they want. And then when you actually bring the border to them, kind of freak out a little bit. It's kind of weird. And it's a little bit fun to watch. I'm just saying it's a, it's a little fun. From here, it's just From fun. here until it's not anymore. Yeah. All right. It's fun to watch. All right, Charlie, I saved the Jordan Peterson one for you. There's an article from Variety about that. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, not only predict a recession, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, do what I've done. Call the only precious metals dealers I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-709-3080. That's 866-709-3080. Or text GML for Good Morning Liberty to 998-899. That's GML to 998-899. Or call 866-709-3080. Zero or text GML to 998-899, and there's a link in the show notes. Well, how about this? Those flip-flopping flippers. Here's number eight. All right, number eight. Chris Pine's Don't Worry Darling character is based on Jordan Peterson, a, quote, hero to the incel community. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know what an incel is, for those of you that aren't hip with this new Gen Z lingo, <laughs> okay, let me help you out here. An incel is an involuntary celibate, which means you're 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 not having sex involuntarily. So you want to, you want, but to, you're not. But you're not. Yeah, yeah. So you're an incel, involuntary celibate. All right. From Variety here, uh, Olivia Wilde has cited films such as Inception and The Truman Show as inspiration for her psychological thriller Don't Worry, Darling. But a far more unexpected source of inspiration is the incel community. Wilde told Maggie Gyllenhaal during a conversation that Chris Pine's character, he looks like an incel, doesn't he? That is a guy who can't get sex sex at all. Can't get it. No. At all. There's no one lining up to bang him (laughs) at all. Yeah. Uh, It was inspired by none other than Jordan Peterson, the Canadian author and media personality described by Wilde as, quote, this uh, pseudo-intellectual hero to the incel community. 
But now, first of all, why would it be wrong to be, if, like, let's say it's true, why would it be wrong to be a hero to an incel community? Well, you would need Wouldn't, to know about all the bad stuff of the incel community, not just the fact that they want to have sex and they can't. That leads people to be uh, domestic terrorists. But let's take so, it at the face value of, uh, f- let's say, the frustrated uh, male was part of our human species. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with teaching them about responsibility and making themselves more attractive and all of those things? And rather than being a victim of like, well, I'm an incel, nobody wants me. How about you turn yourself into somebody that somebody would want, and then you would no longer be a cell. You, you, no. would, be, you would be an anti-cell. You wouldn't want to do that. Once people reach that point, you just want to shove them off a cliff. I mean, that's it. If you reach out to people that are that feel disenfranchised or that feel uh, that are depressed about whatever their life situation is, uh, the, the last thing you want to do is like try to help those people and turn their lives around and make them better. You just want to talk about how terrible they are. Yeah. Incels are, she goes on here, quote, incels are basically disenfranchised, mostly white men who believe they are entitled to sex from women, she explained. And they believe that society has now robbed them, that the idea of feminism is working against nature and that we must put back into the correct place. Let's see, again, one of the problems with the incel community is that they are victims, mm-hmm. and they are blaming. There's plenty wrong with the, the this woke feminism, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot to say about that in another episode, okay? But that's let's talk about what you have control over, okay? You have control over yourself, and that is a big problem in the incel community, I would say, is that they are disenfranchised and they're vic- they have victimized themselves and they have all of this other stuff to blame rather than looking inside and be like, well, maybe I should get in a little bit better shape and maybe I should become a little bit more articulate. Maybe I should learn how to have conversations. Maybe I should learn what women are interested in. Yeah. Like, maybe I should work on my emotional intelligence and I should tell ladies that they're, they're pretty and I should try to get to know them and I could clean myself up a little bit. Like rather than have room. Rather than have these excuses, and then maybe you wouldn't be part of the incel community. But that, I guess, is just a horrible message to these disenfranchised men. It's got to be terrible. Quote, they're actually succeeding in many different ways, she uh, she continued. But this guy, Jordan Peterson, is someone that legitimizes certain aspects of their movement. See? Certain aspects. If you legitimize certain aspects of anyone, well, then you're a Nazi. (laughs) Same thing. He legitimizes certain aspects of their movement because he's a former professor, he's an author, he wears a suit, so they feel like this is a real philosophy that they should be taken seriously. In the story, Wilde said she did a deep dive on the disenfranchised world of white men on the internet before filming started and even logged onto 4chan. I have a sick fascination with cults. It's a cult. It's a disappointing to me because this is going to ruin like seasons uh, of four, house. four through nine of house for me or four through eight <laughs> yeah. of house, which I still watch every single night when I when I go to bed. So she uh, she comes in in season four and she is a victim throughout the entire show. Don't worry uh, this, all the time. She's I an annoying like feminist dumb victim. Bleep is turning into former hot chicks <laughs> like girls who used to be hot. Former <laughs> former females. We sound like a bunch of incels right now. <laughs> oh, God. Now, the problem that I have with this is she's clearly never read any of his books, okay? She's never read any of the books at all because uh, maybe, like you said, part of his message legitimizes certain aspects of their movement. All right, which aspects of it? Which one There is are it? problems with woke feminism. <laughs> there are some problems. Yeah, and but, I think he points them out. Perfectly. Yeah. Not perfectly, but he points them out in well-articulated arguments against woke feminism. And so does Dave Chappelle, by the way. (laughs) It's true. So. Oh, 13. She did it to me. Now I'm I'm mad. (laughs) Sorry, her name's 13 on House. If you've never watched House uh, before, it's kind of funny. All right. (laughs) Let's go to. Jeff is on one today. He says, uh, quote here. Only white men are incels because black guys can't figure out the internet. That's a <laughs> quote from Joe Biden. 
quote from Joe Biden who's not oh, racist. Oh, not The View. Now I got Hillary Clinton oh, on The man. View. Number nine is just Hillary Clinton and kind of Democrats in the elections. It'll be all-encompassing because we also have a video to play here in a second that I made yesterday. Look at that sexy, slick back hairdo. But let's Clinton. <laughs> Woo. Once again, girls who used to be hot. All right, let's hear what she had to say. They felt that he would get away with it just like he always does. What is your feeling about that? You know, I, I don't know, Joy, and I don't want to prejudge. I've been prejudged wrongly enough. I'm not going to prejudge somebody <laughs> okay. else. Yeah, and yeah. so I think the key is what the facts and the evidence are, mm -hmm. uh, what the FBI and the intelligence community mm -hmm. learn about these documents, how they ended up there, who else saw them? Mm -hmm. Because apparently they've been moved around. It's not like they were in a vault. They were in a storage room where people go in and out getting umbrellas for the pool or, you know, something else. So I think that we have to we have to wait and we have to we have to have, I think, two minds about this. No one is above the law and the rule of law in a democracy. you know, has to be our standard, but we should not rush to judgment. Right. We should take it seriously. We should be concerned about. Of course we should. No, we should. A, no, Hey, you know, she kept saying we shouldn't rush to judgment. I'm surprised by that, of course, but wonder what her motive for that would be. Once again, like we talked about earlier in the week, imagine her tweet saying that she didn't have any classified documents. I don't even care about the documents. I care about the lying. Yeah. That's what, that's what bothers me. She didn't have any classified documents. And then she goes on a TV show and says the words, no one is above the law. What? What's happening? She's Hillary Clinton. You can do and say whatever you want. Let's stay on Hillary Clinton here for a minute. This person who was a rando, but got 12,000 retweets at the time. Did I screenshot this anyway? <clears throat> said after Hillary lost... She wrote her third memoir, filmed a documentary, co-founded a production company, and launched a podcast. She didn't spend the next two-plus years tantruming on her fake Twitter while demanding a do-over. But do go on about how women are too emotional to lead. She just totally moved past it, didn't she? Yeah. Didn't think about it at all. No. It wasn't even a thing. No, she didn't say anything. Also, this is unfair because uh, Trump was removed from Twitter, so he... Yeah, he, he couldn't throw any tantrums on Twitter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to play a video. It's got some minutes to it, but I made a clip, uh, a bunch of clips together, put them together yesterday of Hillary and other Democrats. This seems relevant right now. As good a day as any to get this out there. That uh, just you haven't heard it. Got over the 2016 election quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, no, that's... They, they sat in their feelings. They felt defeat. And then within a couple of days, they moved on. Because, just, just over it. Yeah. In fact, it is dangerous for people to even question presidential elections or any election for that matter. When democracy speaks, you accept whatever they have brought you. All right. That is the message that we are being told right now by a certain group of people. And I just want to point out the hypocrisy for fun. Here we go. But can you imagine telling your supporters that the only way you could possibly lose is if an American election was rigged and stolen from you. And ask yourself whether you've ever seen anyone at any level of government make the same claim about their own election. You can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. The Russians weaponizing information, negative stories about me. Add that the voter suppression that we now know had been in the works and really put into effect in a lot of states like Wisconsin, North Carolina, etc. And then let's not forget sexism and misogyny, which are endemic <laughs> to our society. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it And so I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. I don't know that we'll ever know everything that happened, but clearly we know a lot and are learning more every day and 
history will probably sort it all out. And I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral vote... And I object to the certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina based on violations... And I object because people are horrified. I object objected to the counting of the electoral votes of the state of Ohio. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina because of the massive voter suppression. I have an objection to the electoral votes. The objection is in writing and I don't care that it is not it is not signed by a member of the Senate. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter? If Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia, they stole it. It's clear. It's clear. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections. I agree with tens of millions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice president for candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election and he was put in the office because the Russians interfered. One thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. If Al Gore won that election, I think he won it anyway. I must object because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct. After the election, when you stole the election, you came back here and said, get over it. No, we're not going to get over it. You know it. I know it. They know it. We won that election. Right to vote has been stolen from qualified voters. In 2004, the democratic process was thwarted. The 2004 presidential election in Ohio was riddled with unnecessary problems. Some machines malfunctioned, causing votes to be counted more than once or not at all. Based upon an inordinate number of allegations suggesting gross voting rights violations and misconduct, I join with my colleagues in objecting to counting the state of Ohio's electoral votes. The wife of John Kerry said she has lingering doubts about the legitimacy of the election. Her theory goes like this. Two brothers, she calls hard right Republicans, own 80% of voting machines in the U.S. Therefore, it would be easy to hack into the mother machines that control the electronic voting. There were numerous irregularities in Ohio, including large percentages of rejections of provisional balloting, problems with voting machines. As we look at our election system, I think it's fair to say that there are many legitimate questions about its accuracy, about its integrity. We cannot declare that the election of November 2nd, 2004 was free and clear and transparent and real. Voters who wish to cast a vote for president or vice president can't approach the polls with certainty that their vote will be counted. There aren't going to be any more election stealings. And despite the final tally and the inauguration and the situation we find ourselves in, I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. Without voter suppression, Stacey Abrams would be the governor of Georgia. Andrew Gillum is the governor of Florida. You refuse to concede and say that you lost. Do you stand by that decision today? Absolutely. Baseless claims by the president and his supporters that there has been widespread voter fraud and that the election was somehow rigged or stolen from President Trump. That kind of rhetoric is extremely dangerous, extremely poisonous, to our democracy. God. Thank God you ended this whole election montage with Chucky Erection Schumer. I know. I know. Mm. All right. So see, guys, they moved on just fine after their defeats. There you go. There's number nine. And then um, I just wanted to end with something real dumb on number 10, just something to laugh at real fast, like a 10-second clip (laughs) that is real and probably didn't think was actually going to be real, but it is. That's fine. This is a couple uh, White House COVID 
listen to the White House COVID coordinator and, um, and, and what they have to say. Here we go. The good news is you can get both your flu shot and COVID shot at the same time. It's actually a good idea. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. <laughs> All right, so that's number 10. <laughs> I just want to throw in something real dumb there. God the gave end. us two arms, one for the flu shot that's and one why for the COVID shot. We didn't realize the, the use of our arms until we got those shots either. There was no use for them. Everybody's asking if that was a Saturday Night Live skit. No, that's real. That's a real COVID-19 response briefing from the White House. All right, running back through these again. Let's uh hold on. Let me put the. I didn't get all those numbers done today. Let's oh, go. I can do that while you're going through that. them. I can do it while you're going through yep. them. Got to be each, each separate one, entered. All right. Number one is uh, NYPD confiscating some water guns. That's awesome. Number two is David Hogg. Second Amendment is a collective right, not an individual right. Cites Alexander Hamilton for that. Uh, number three was this uh, Trump cultist response to the LPTN. Number four is AOC saying she won't be president because she is a woman of color. And number five. And America hates women. America hates women. You know. Number five, couple wacky lefties, Kathy Griffin and Rob Reiner, talking about either civil war or voting for Democrats to preserve self-rule. Mm-hmm. Number six is J-Law having nightmares about Tucker Carlson. Number seven, some of the flip-flopping lefties that we have out there, like Eric Swalwell talking about power in Texas, and then the D.C. council member being upset about being a border town. Number eight, uh, Chris Pine's part is based on Jordan Peterson, who's a hero to people who can't get sex. And number nine, we're just going to say Hillary Clinton... We'll just say you guys know what number nine was. And then number 10, uh, the reason that God gave us two arms. Everyone go to the DBOTW channel on our private Discord because you went to joingml.com and paid as little as six bucks a month and get your votes in. All right, while you're voting, uh, while all the folks are voting, I'm going to tell all of you guys to please share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. This Usually is our most popular episode every single week where we cover all the dumb, and mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. So share it around with a friend, a family member, a foe. Maybe you learned something today, and uh, then leave us a rating and review. Go to godhatesfeds.com, godhatesfeds.com to pick up some merch. It's another way you can support the show. And uh, then you can support Nate by going to natescrashcourse.com and using the promo code CRASHCOURSE40 for one more week. Mm -hmm. and you get 40% off of his price that he arbitrarily decided to mm -hmm. make the course. There's a hundred videos. It's, it's a good deal. Um, so Nate's crash course.com. God hates feds.com. Good. Uh, sorry. Join gml.com. Lots of dot coms mm -hmm. for your busy little fingers. We're going to go by the way, biggest customers. All of these are in the show notes. So they you are. don't have to remember, yeah. like you don't have to rewind and be like, what did he say? You just look at the show notes and then you can literally click the link from your phone, mm -hmm. from your fizzone. Or do if it. you're listening on your computer, you can do that too. All right, who won? Uh, looks like Hillary Clinton won. The votes are split, though. Surprise, I mean, surprise. And we that, are spread out a little bit. That means it's a good dumb bleep. Some for David Hogg, some for a number. I don't even remember what number four was anymore. Um, Is that J-Law? And we just went through those. Oh, that was AOC. AOC. Yeah, there we go. AOC GQ. All right, y'all. Like I said, if you enjoyed today's episode, do all the things I just mentioned. And if you do that, all of it. Then we'll be back again on Monday. I hope you have a good weekend and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.